Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the locker room. Yeah, the locker room's a little bit different. You know, it's kind of funny because on one hand, I got my compadre, Max Starks, all 6'8", 350 pounds of man moving muscle, Right. Then on the other hand, you got Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes. And Motes was an one of these is not like the other here. Exactly. Well. So I've traded in Max because on account of he's gone. Wesley traded in <laughs> Art on account of he's gone. So it's now Wesley Euler and myself, most humbly, your host here sitting in the locker room. And so we're bringing it to you this morning with Wolf Euler Ooh. and the Ninjas. You know, Wolf, I'm glad we were able to make this work. I know you don't like doing these things solo, you know, without Max. I obviously, you know, feel like I'm flying without a wingman, without Arthur Motes. So I'm glad we could, you know, well, here's ease the thing. each other's concerns and just get there's through these next two hours together. There's something that three ins got together on and you can do that I can't. That's you. The, all three of you guys could do a show by yourself. Well, I can't. okay. I just, I'm not one of those well, guys. Well, the three of you guys played in the NFL, and I did it. Well, so, the problem you know. here is I'd be like, um, Craig, what do you think? Well, what do you think, Craig? Because I don't think much of, you know, I'd be talking, I mean, people are like, oh, this dude needs help, psychiatric help. Wolf, you know, we are in our new uh, iHeartRadio studios here. Fancy new studios, monitors, microphones. I don't think they've figured out how to co-host the show yet, though. These all these other microphones and fancy technology. We're not at the level yet where they can just co-host with you. All right? no, we'll get the robots there in the next few years. I'm sitting there looking at you. You got these fancified like the earpods things connected up and into plugged in. Oh yeah, you know for headphones. And I got these Jimmy Olsen 1950 like uh, earmuffs. <laughs> I tell you what, if there's a snowstorm between now and noon when we get out of here, you can just walk right out, walk right out with those things on. And you'll be good. Absolutely, you know I mean, that's 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 a guarantee. I'll be walking out there, people going, "Wow, look at that set of earmuffs on that guy." Oh, I love it, Wolf. We're oh. gonna have some fun today. Open phone lines yes. as always. Uh, new studios, but the numbers haven't changed. Four one two nine one nine thirteen sixteen. We'll take your phone calls. Uh, where we wanted to start today, Wolf, I, I I was glad that you and I were both on the same page here. We, we've got plenty of Steelers topics to get to, but maybe a a more global, a bigger picture NFL conversation, football conversation to start here. And that is, of course, uh, the sad news. Um, the NFL sharing yesterday, announcing yesterday, uh, the passing of the legendary John Madden at 85 years old. Wolf, to me, just, man, this, this guy personified football in, in so many different levels. He personified even more he was football. Yeah. You know, I remember growing up and, and seeing this guy this, this with the wild hairdo, uh, you know, with the uh, 
the the pants, <laughs> the polyester pants, you know, just jumping up down on the sidelines. You know, there I, I was also a Steelers fan as well, you know. So sure. I'd be watching Chuck Noll and composed, and and on, on the other side, you're looking at Matt, this wild man, just throwing his arms all over and yelling and and doing all kinds of gest gestures and stuff like that. Gyrations, like, yeah, gyrations, just. Speculations. I'm not sure. Something but, like that. We'll yeah, go something like that. We'll, we'll roll with that. But that, you know, just watching him, this guy truly was a legend, and he truly was football. And I love that the Judy Batista wrote a great article yes, on did. NFL.com about the life of John Madden. One of the things she said was, and quoted him, was he said, football is my life. I don't go hunting. I don't fish. Football is my hobby. It's my profession. It's, you know, I mean, and he really laid it out. Yeah. No, absolutely. That is a great article by Judy Batista. And the one thing that – and that's up on NFL.com for, for anybody that wants to see it. The one thing that I really liked that, that she kind of explained in that article, and I think it was – I think it speaks to the just the the magic, the influence, um, this the stature of John Madden. Like, a lot of different generations kind of picture John Madden in their head differently, right? For, for some, it's it's the coach on the sideline right, with the Raiders. Right. For some, it's the guy, eh, you know, and circling stuff Absolutely. on TV in the booth and doing movies like Little Giants, you know, back in the 90s and things like that. And for other people, it's it's the guy who started the, the you know, the massively popular NFL video game or whose name was attached yes. to the massively popular NFL game. That, to me, is kind of like there's, there's you know, it, it, three acts of his life almost, like coach, broadcaster, video game guy. And, and, and it, I think it doesn't matter if, you know, if you're in your your 70s or if you're 17 and, and you like video games, this guy has somehow influenced football for you. That's that's saying something. Well, you think about it. He was, the, at that time, the youngest NFL coach yep. to get the head coaching for uh, the Oakland Raiders, Al Davis. You know, uh, by the way, interesting, I didn't realize that he was a player himself, John Madden. Yes. And that he, you know, blew out a knee. And so he turns to coaching. He loves coaching. But he's at San Diego State with Don Coryell. He was there for three seasons, mm-hmm. and Al Davis comes in and gets t- gets him talking about stuff. He's literally being interviewed for the head coaching job of the Raiders, and he didn't even know it. You know, I mean, I, <laughs> yep. I, I mean, I think that's tremendous. Yep. You know, you sit there going, "Hey, Al, how you doing?" Yeah, you know, I mean, I wonder if Al was wearing that superhero jumpsuit that he liked to wore. Remember, I don't know if oh, you remember Al's last few years with the collar popped yeah, on yeah. it too. He was the yeah. only owner who had his own superhero jumpsuit on there. <laughs> He could have been like one of the Avengers or something. I was going to say you know? he was an Avenger before you know, before that was all the rage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because, you know, his superhero power would be just win, baby, you know? <laughs> so, so anyhow. His superhero power might be relocating the franchise multiple times. Maybe. That's even better. So, so I look at that and I'm like thinking, wow, you know, you think about it. You, you got this young dude. He's there. You hand him the reins to an NFL franchise yeah. at a time when – you know, the NFL is, is is burgeoning, it's growing, it's all this stuff. He goes 10 years, he wins on average four games, yep. finally wins the Super Bowl. And the one comment on this this uh, article by Judy was so cool was the, the his Super Bowl win was the least memorable thing about his career. I, I mean, think I, about that. That is crazy to say, but it's it's not really. Uh, like, it, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think, again, when, when most of us picture John Madden, it's not him with the Lombardi trophy, it's not him winning the Super Bowl. It's it's all it's all the other stuff that he's done. Yeah, that 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 is incredible. That's a that's a great point. That usually when you win the Super Bowl, not usually every time you win the Super Bowl, that's the pinnacle of your career. Right. But just his influence, his presence in so many different facets, 
that that almost is is on the back burner, which is which is telling you just how involved he was in, in everything else. And he, you know what? No greater uh, no greater thing did he give the broad boom. You know what I mean? Boom. boom. And right there, boom. Yeah, you know, the guy boom. hits the guy, boom. I love yeah, sound yeah, effects guy, are great. And that's one of the things that I remember so much about him. Think about it. I mean, you've got the yeah, – what What do you think about? Well, I think about the Madden Cruiser. He yes. didn't want to fly. Didn't want to fly. You know? Always took the bus. I went I went on the uh, – I went into the room one time. I remember. I got to meet him, the legend himself. I'm in the room, you know, sitting with him going, hey, <laughs> Mr. Madden. <laughs> He's like – what do, you, what do you mean? Wait, my name's John. Now, boom. Come over here. <laughs> boom. So it was it was terrific. And then, you know, his significance in the game and his he, – he just had an every man approach. You yes. know, when he made the statement and said, if three guys sitting at a bar think it's a catch, that's a catch. You know what I mean? And Sometimes it is that simple. Yeah, it, it is. And that practical side of him, in my mind, was just um, – one of the outstanding things where he made football available to everybody, not to select yes, you. Yes. And he made it uh, on a level that he could talk about. Well, you got zone coverages and that, but it's not getting into the intricacies where you're talking about leverages. You're not talking about the assignments uh, per se, how to carry guys from zone to zone, all this stuff. You know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff about it. And he would break it down so that, oh, okay, now I got it. So that it makes it, it, it's still entertaining. It's still information for somebody who might be a football savant. Right. But if you're also a casual fan, you understand. You're picking up what he's putting down too. That to me, I think, is the best you know mark of a great broadcaster. Is you can be a casual fan, you can be an obsessed fan. They're still reaching both of the kind of extremes. Absolutely. And, and that was John. That was John Madden. It absolutely was. I I keep thinking too when I was driving in here. Have you seen Little Giants? The, Little Giants. The football movie. Ah uh, no, John Madden is in it. Oh really? Uh, uh, yeah, he's he's one of. It's not fair to to call him a main character, right. but he's he's a like he's a solid side character in the show. It came out in 1994. It's a football movie. Ed O'Neill is one of the uh, the main characters. Rick Moranis as well too, if if you know who that is. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just yeah his his influence from from just the the history of the Raiders and everything he did as a coach and winning a Super Bowl and uh. Look at this. I wanted to read this off, too. Never had a losing season as a head coach. Right. His overall win percentage still stands second highest in history. That's amazing. 76.3 win percentage as a head coach. It's it's, it's incredible. He was just an incredible guy. And what I loved was his uh, over-the-top personality, his gregariousness. Enjoy the game on a level that he did. He kind of like was able to uh, capture his feelings and then get him, present him to the audience. And the audience, I think most of the audience just loved it, obviously. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? Think about the 16 Emmys. 16 Emmys. It's crazy. I mean, that's that's it's crazy. prolific beyond belief. And he came along in the broadcasting uh, time frame where things just were exploding in the NFL. You know what I mean? The, the game was becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And he was there, and he was riding the he wave. Was at the and, forefront of that. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, I love so much, you know, the turducken. 
You know, the turkey and I duck saw that, and chicken. I saw that video of him breaking down the turducken on yeah. the broadcast. Boom. Uh, I was cracking up. He's got his hands. He's in the middle of calling a football game, and they come to him in the booth. He's got his hand. All right, so here's where you're going to call turkey, right? right? Right down the middle. Boom. And he, like, uses his hand like it's a cleaver and just rips the th- All right, now you got your turkey. You got your duck. You got your chicken here. You want to slice this way against the grain? Boom. You know what I'm saying? Put it on the, on the plate for grandma. Boom. Little gravy. It just... <laughs> And then he, he he completed the synopsis with the you know the Iron Man a turkey leg to somebody and a, a turkey leg to somebody else. You're standing there with a turkey leg after a game. It was tremendous. It, it just was. I, I think you're right. He was he was a lot of he was kind of at the forefront of making sports broadcasting fun. Yes. A lot of times it was a very buttoned up, very straightforward. You never laughed. You never made a joke. You just described the play that was going on on the field, and it was almost very. Like almost like a, a more of a news broadcast than a yes. than a sports entertainment broadcast, but he was at the forefront of of you know this can we can be informative and we can be entertaining at the same time. Well, think about this: who do you when you go back to Monday Night Football and I forget when when the advent of that was, but the first group or the first group that I remember was Howard Cosell, Frank Gifford, and Dandy Don. Okay, mm-hmm. now Dandy Don was like uh, a prelim to a Madden like figure. But the guy that I remember the most was Howard Cosell Mm -hmm. because Cosell was that kind of – he was a polarizing character. You know, I mean, he was one of those guys that, you know, you either – you loved or you hated. You know, it was just one of those things. Matter of fact, I may – I hope I haven't told you a story, but bear with me if I have. Hit me. Tunch and I were out in uh, for a Monday night football game, right? Uh, I was at a rookie year. So 1980, we're out there way before you were born. Okay. So just setting the stage here so you understand. <laughs> so we get in the elevator. You know, it's like uh, it's around lunchtime. So we're going to go lunch, and we, you know, we've got pregame will be around 4 o'clock or so. Sure, sure. So we're, we, we, we go to the elevator, and we get on, and we go up a couple floors, and um, the door opens, and uh, all of a sudden this guy in a New York City trench coat, huge octagonal glasses, gets on, and he just walks on. He's carrying a, some sort of satchel or a briefcase, and it's Howard Cosell. And he walks on. He looks at Tunch and I, and we're both stunned. He doesn't say a word. He just walks on, turns around, and we, we're like, we don't even know what to say. You know, up a couple floors, the elevator doors open up, and there's um, a bunch of ladies that all of a sudden come onto the elevator, probably three, four of them, five maybe. You know, it was a larger elevator. They come on, and Tunch and I are pinned up against the wall in the back, and there's how, and they are all mooning over Howard Cosell. They were there's some seasoned veteran sure, ladies sure. there, okay, and a couple of younger ones. It's and Howard. It's yes, exactly, and they are fawning all over him, right? Not you and Tunch. Oh no, we're back in there. He's you know he's he's like you know carrying the the, the crowd here. You know he's talking and everything. <laughs> We ride a couple more floors. The doors open up. The ladies, oh, goodbye, Howard. They all leave, right? Again, not a word to Tunch and I. None of the late, nothing, right? The doors close. We ride one more uh, floor up. He gets up. He steps off the elevator. And for the first time, he turns around, looks right at Tunch and I, and he goes, Monday Night Madness. And then he walks away. And that's it. That's all he said to us. That's it. That's great. I'm sitting going, there's Howard Cosell. Sometimes that's all you got to do. It's a, Just drop a line and keep man, it moving. He, you know, boom. That's a mic drop moment. So that, <laughs> that's I think awesome. Of, that's a I great think story. of Cosell, right? And then you think of Madden as the next guy that 
you know, because that Monday night football really opened things up. And then you got the John Madden and Al mm-hmm. Michaels and Pat Summerall teams. And, yes. You know, and he w- worked all four networks. It's it's It really was amazing. Just, just an incredible presence uh, attached to football forever. I'm looking at this, too. Uh, ten years as a head coach, eight of those ten years they went to the playoffs. Only once they lost in the first round. Lost to, lost to the Chiefs in the AFL Championship. Lost to the Colts in the AFC Championship. Lost to the Steelers in the Divisional Round. Immaculate Reception. That was the only time. Right. Dolphins, AFC Championship game. Steelers, AFC Championship game. Steelers, AFC Championship game. Won the Super Bowl. Back and lost to the Broncos in the AFC Championship game. I mean, he was just... He had the Raiders legitimately in contention every year for a decade. Won a Super Bowl in there, too. And then went on to... Arguably have a greater, I don't even think arguably, as we've kind of laid out, to have a greater influence on the game even after his coaching career. Hall of Famer. Legend, Wolf. Yes, absolutely. That, that term gets thrown around too much. Right. Legend right. and goat and all this, but all all those apply to John Madden. Absolutely. Yeah. I wonder if he even knew what the goat was. <laughs> well, to him it was probably an, an animal that, you know, was yeah. down, down, down on a farm over there in California. Boom. <laughs> Is that one of those things that try to run up on you like a linebacker? Come in, fill the hole. Boom. Boom. Uh, <laughs> good it's, good. it's got some horns. You know, you gotta be careful. <laughs> Boom. But yeah, you're right. He CBS, Fox, ABC, NBC. He he was everywhere. He did it all. He touched them all. He sure did. Uh, I just wanted to read too before we before we go to break. Um, Steelers and Mike Tomlin both putting out uh, brief statements on John Madden. The Steelers uh staying saying the NFL has lost a great coach, broadcaster, and pioneer. Our condolences go out to the Madden family. And Mike Tomlin took to Twitter to share his thoughts as well, too. Mike Tomlin tweeted last night, John Madden was a true football man. Rest in peace, coach. Yeah, all the best to John Madden, 85 years old, passing away. A football icon. And certainly, you know, Wolf, a a part of the the steel curtain, the story of the 70s Steelers as well, too, just with how the immaculate reception and all those battles and the Steelers beating them in the back-to-back championship games and the Raiders finally getting over the hump. You know, you for us here personally too, locally too, you can't really tell the story of the '70 Steelers without mentioning John Madden at some point. It's pretty cool that he's attached to the Steelers in that way too. No question about it. If I had the opportunity to talk to him one more time, the one question I want to ask him, I would have loved. Did Franco it. trap the ball? No, 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 no. I want to <laughs> know. Because we all know he caught it clean. I want to know that when he called from the dugout, which back then, yes. if he still got the phone that he ripped off the wall when he was talking to the officials upstairs, and he said, and he just was so mad, they said that he just ripped the phone yep. off the wall, and he said, I kept it, because he was just that mad. Now, <laughs> did you really keep it, John, or is that legend? Because that would be, think what that phone would be up, like if you put it on uh, oh, some... Millions. Uh, yeah. Millions I mean, that's right the now. phone that, that Madden, that Madden just went ripped with. off the wall after the immaculate awesome. reception. That might be the new piece of sports memorabilia we got to hunt down. Oh, that could be it. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. You know, rumor has it, Wolf, the Pirates are still trying to replace that phone in the dugout. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Wolfley, Wesley Euler uh, in the locker room here on ESPN Pittsburgh and on SNR. We're going to take our first break. We'll get into some Steelers topics when we return. Mike Tomlin speaking yesterday. Uh, new position coach for the offensive line group that I want to talk to wolf about we got plenty to get to we'll get to you uh your reaction on the phone lines as well too craig wolfley wesley euler in the locker room on espn pittsburgh and snr life's an adventure and it's waiting hi this is merrill hodge at snt bank they know life's for the living that's why snt bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it whether you're investing in your home planning for the future or just making the most of every day snt bank is here to help 
Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Special edition today in the locker room, Steelers Blitz crossover, Wesley Euler, Craig Wolfley with you here on ESPN Pittsburgh and on SNR. You know where to get at us if you want to get involved with the show, 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial if you want to get up and on the phone lines here in our fancy new studios. we got a fancy new call screener. I'm excited to get to some of your reaction here at a few minutes. We've got a couple of you on hold now. Uh, make sure you get on, uh, get in line. Yeah, get in line here uh, before we go to the phone lines here shortly. Maybe we'll get to some of your reaction here uh, to close out the hour. We do have Jim Wexel to join us uh, at the start of the second hour at 11 o'clock. Wex will join us here. Uh, Wolf, one thing, you know, I, I do... I feel bad in a way, not even, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but every time that you and I, that I'm fortunate enough to to do a show with you, you know, whether it's Moats with us as well, whether it's just you and I, I feel like I always go right to the trenches, you know, because when you've got an expert, you got to consult the expert. Who's the expert? (laughs) Is there somebody else in this room here? I'm sitting going, you look a little lean to be playing in the trenches, my friend. (laughs) Just a little bit. Although I did have McDonald's on the way to the studio this Attaboy. morning. Oh, um, boy. I'm working on it. You know, Not I'd, like a thousand calorie nothing. breakfast to kick things off. Wolf, as you know, you know, like your brother, I'm a big WVU guy. Yep, yep. Last night we had our bowl game. It was in Arizona. So right. it didn't start until 10 o'clock our time. Oh. So it was like 1.30, 2 o'clock before the game was over and I got to bed. We lost to Minnesota. And you I was, lost to Min- a bunch of cheese eaters? Uh, we lost. Not even either. The Minnesota one. <laughs> Wow. We lost to Minnesota. It was about 2.30 before I got to bed. You know I've got the newborn daughter. So I, I, right, I, right. I only got about three hours of sleep last night. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I deserve McDonald's. My team let – I stayed up late for my team. They let me down. I deserve a little McDonald's. So you know, I, I should have had, had my two brothers come on because Dale is yeah. on, the, on the air down there Absolutely. at WVU. Yep. And then, of course, my brother Ronnie is down in Phoenix and yep. the sportscaster he was, he was probably at the game then. Probably right, right at the Diamondbacks. Uh, it was at the Diamondbacks Stadium. There last you night. go. Yep. Um, so you know, I I always feel like I do this when I'm fortunate enough to rock the microphone with you. But it's it's again because you know I when, when I've got the source here, I like to go to the source. I, I like to talk offensive line. I like to talk defensive line with you here on the show often. I guess that works well organically this week. I, I want to discuss with you the the um. What the the absence the 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 moving on by Adrian Clem right, to the University right. of Oregon and the promotion of Chris Morgan now for the end of the season and not so much X's and O's and this and that. Have you ever gone through something like? Have you, did you ever have a position coach change in the middle of a season this late in the season on the fly? What, what's that like for these guys in that room? It's going to be it's going to be a change, yeah. Um, but the good thing is is that Simo uh, as uh, mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin called him Chris Morgan. There you go. You know, instead of sumo, you got Simo. <laughs> sumo wrestler. <laughs> you know, but here's here's the thing. Um, I have not had one so late in the game. Um, 
I've had one in training camp where I've switched out Raleigh Dotch, who was my line coach for the first couple of years that I was there. Uh, he was offered the job as head coach of the Birmingham uh, Birmingham Hammings. Birmingham, my goodness, you know, sometimes you just sit there and go, it's, uh, you just got a bump. I might, I might, I might have put a little more air in my helmet back in the day. You know what I mean? So you got the Birmingham Stallions in that. Birmingham Stallions He gets a head coach, right? So he's all set. USFL, right? USFL. And it's offered to him and he takes it and it's in August. We're up at training camp. And, you know, there was this awkward stuff where Chuck started to sit in on the meetings and, you know, Raleigh was, you know, going back and forth with, and he was trying to get out of his contract and it was just one thing. And it was, it was very, very difficult. I mean, uh, you know, for a while there, we got the new coach, Blackie, Ron Blackledge, uh, who came in and did a tremendous job. Uh, a very few guys could have come in and, and done the job like Blackie did. Uh, because that's once, as Mike Tomlin says, once the train is moving, it's difficult to jump aboard. And uh, Ron Blackledge caught a moving train, yeah. and he did a just a yeoman's job, a great job in uh, assimilating into the culture of the room. We had some great players from the, you know, uh, Mike Webster sure. and so forth, and um, it was just a nice job by him. So this is going to be something for Chris Morgan. He's been there, okay, so it's not – and also Chris Morgan has been uh, his own head man. Uh, from the Atlanta yes. Falcons, you yes. know, six seasons there. Mm-hmm. He's been in the NFL for 13. So this is not his first rodeo. So I don't think anybody needs to panic at all. Uh, Adrian Clem got a tremendous offer from Oregon. And as Mike Tomlin came and talked about yesterday, which I thought was tremendous, he proactively went about going about yes. the business. Yes. Of, let's just get everything out there so there's no problems. And the fact is it's a upgrade for Adrian Clem. And as Mike said, most guys, their destination jobs is not the NFL. It's not college. It's head coaching. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what it's about. Sure. And I've known coaches. I had a coach who was a line coach, uh, Bill Myers, who moved back to college and took a coordinator job because he wanted to be in line to move ahead in his career. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to move from the offensive line to a coordinator job that quick. But when it's offered collegiately, that's in your resume, sure. and then you can move. From sure. there. So that's that's that. Yeah, I think, you know, especially for a guy who has ties to Oregon like Adrian Clem did. You know, it's not like he's just going somewhere out of the blue, new, you know, fresh start. Like, he's he's got a history with Oregon. Um, and, 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 yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense when, when you lay it out that way. And I, I like that as well, too. Mike Tomlin kind of just diving right into that and addressing it. Um, you mentioned uh, Chris Morgan, his experience as well, too. Yeah, he's not... He's not a spring chicken. No. Wolf. Uh, he uh, spent six seasons as the offensive line coach for the Falcons, like you mentioned, uh, 15 through 20. Uh, season with the Seahawks before as the assistant offensive line coach won a Super Bowl with that Seahawks staff in, in 2014, that game where Seattle just uh, beat down Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. Um, and was also an assistant offensive line coach with the uh, with the Washington football team before that. So he's been in the league uh, since 2009 with the Raiders as an assistant for a while and then as a, as a head guy for six seasons with the Falcons as well, too. He's got experience. He knows what it takes. Is there, you know, because I guess it's it's obviously much different if he's coming in during the preseason or even if this is right. early, early in the year. Now with just two games left, is there a lot of tangible changes you think he can make or is it maybe just, hey, fellas, 
new voice, one or two things that we're going to change up or focus on, and, and let's see if we can you know go out there on Monday night and, and have a solid performance. Is it is it like foot on the gas, a lot of instruction, or is it you know we, we're at this point already, maybe just one or two little things? You know, I it's really hard to say without being in the room, sure. You know, and understanding the cult, the climate of the guys. You know, you, you've got some young bucks, so. In my mind, if you're going to make any sort of jump, you're going to make very minor jumps right now. I mean, let's face it, you got two weeks left. You've got essentially six working days. Yeah. You know, and yeah. of those six working days, maybe two pad days. You know, I mean, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, they, they may not even, you know, put on shells at this point for all I know. Um, the fact of the matter is you're going to want to keep everything rolling the way it has been. If there's anything I could offer Chris Morgan, which I don't believe I can, but the one thing I do believe, and I, I took this from my own experience and from watching some great ones like Ron Blackledge and um, uh, Mike Munchak, all right, mm-hmm. be cool on the sidelines. When guys come off, number one is don't, you know, always make sure everybody calms down, sits down, and you get the information. You really relay the information, and then you're able to assess and be able to come up with a solution. And sometimes some guys get so wound up in the game, they're more combative and confrontive as coaches than they are, uh, you know, than, mm. than the players. And that creates all sorts of problems. So I'm sure he's way ahead of that, and it's not even right for me to offer that. I'm just simply saying right, right. that's the one thing I always – think about with Blackie and with Munch was the fact that they were very as as Blackie said you got to be uh you got to be hot in the heart hot in the heart but cool in the head. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Hot in the heart but cool but, in the head. Yes. No that that's and you know what I think particularly when you're playing a mauler position like like on the offensive line when you're playing in the trenches that's that's perfectly said. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested um just to, you know, if, if we get a chance to hear from, from Chris Morgan down the stretch, again, I'm not going to put a ton of stock into, does the offensive line look different on Monday night? Do they look different down right. the stretch? It is nice, though, to have a guy with all this experience kind Absolutely. of. just Even just to be a, a calming voice, calming influence in the locker room amongst the group as well, too. One of the things that is essential for an off- offensive line coach is to be able to see in real time what's going on. Yeah. There's some coaches that are they're very X's and O's, uh, you know, smart. They're very savvy when it comes to that. But when you see it actually happening on the field, um, a guy hits you with a swim move, you know, a club uppercut. All right, did I bring my feet? Did I miss with my hand? Did my left hand? I mean, and, and guys like Munch, you know, they could identify that, like, in real time. Right, and that's right. that's like helping you that's big special, time. special, yeah. Exactly. And some coaches, it's like, um, well, block him. Well, that's not getting it done. You know, if you have a situation that comes and uh, that sort of thing, it's a little difficult to just come back and, and go, I don't know, something happened. I, I lost him. How do you lose somebody 6'5", 300? Well, it does happen. <laughs> Trust me. I've been there. There's been Houdiniisms that that occurred where he was there, then he wasn't there. What am I going to say then? Right, right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, it's 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 certainly a lot of moving parts, without a doubt. But uh, it, it is, again, it's it's nice to, to have a guy um, – Riding the storm out here for the rest of the season. Who who is uh, who's got a lot of experience uh, underneath that cap under his belt for sure. Craig Wolfley, Wesley Euler, with you here. We're gonna take our second break of the hour. When we come back to close out the first hour, uh, we'll get to some of your reaction 
412-919-1316. If you're hanging on hold, stay there with us. We'll start to get to some of your calls on the other side. Before we get to our buddy Jim Wexel at the top of the hour, we'll talk all things uh, coaching changes, Cleveland Browns, with Wexel in hour number two of the show as well. He's Craig Wolfley. I'm Wesley Eula. You're in the locker room on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Mayfield wants to throw it, throws a screen pass over the middle. That is Chubb. Gets away. He's at the 25, the 20, the 15, the 10. Touchdown, Cleveland. Jarvis, I'm sorry, Nick Chubb got away with that little screen pass over the middle, and the Steelers didn't flag him down, and he turned the corner and just... Went the 40 yards for the score. Back inside the locker room, Wesley Euler with Craig Wolfley, hour number one here on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. You heard a little Nick Chubb highlight there, bouncing back from break, and, and he is obviously going to be a big focal point for the Steelers' defense uh, for the game plan on Monday night. Of course, yesterday was it was Tomlin Tuesday, Mike Tomlin, his weekly press conference Um for those of you unfamiliar, I know most of you are, are tuned in and, and you know how these things work, but Mike Tomlin, usually he starts his press conferences, he recaps the previous game for a few minutes, then he looks ahead to the next opponent for a few minutes before he takes some questions from the media and, and things like that. And of course, when when he started to look ahead to the Cleveland Browns, right at the top of his list was was Nick Chubb, um, one of the best running backs in the National Football League, has been for a couple years now. He's close to 1,200 yards rushing already, Wolf, uh, with two games to go. Uh, Mike Tomlin saying Nick Chubb is awesome. He's got great vision, contact, balance, and patience as a runner. He's a tough tackle. This is, you know, something, Wolf, that that we know. It's, it's you know, I think it's a lot of times it's this is life in the National Football League at this point in the season. It's not smoke and mirrors. No one's surprising you. You know how the Browns are going to try and beat you, and, and it's going to be with their their very stout run game on the ground with Nick Chubb particularly against you know a Steelers defense that has had their struggles against the run this year. I think they're 29th or 30th in the NFL just from a statistics, just from a yardage perspective. Uh, Mike Tomlin talked about how you you got to prepare for an edge, you know, or you got to prep with an edge, pardon me. Pre- uh, prepare with an edge for a guy like Nick Chubb, for a team like Cleveland that that likes to run the football. What's that look like this week, you know, down down on the south side, down at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex? You know, it starts with the mental awareness early on in the week. For instance, back in the heyday when I was uh, uh, rampaging through the NFL there, we played the Dallas Cowboys. That's Randy White, that future mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. All right, Randy was on my mind from the moment uh, the 24-hour post game from the previous game was up. All right, four hours, just like, I ain't thinking about nothing. But as soon as, like, uh, about Tuesday morning, all of a sudden you're going, Randy's waiting on me. You know, um, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. And it starts to be on your gourd the whole time, the whole week long. You're just kind of like going through the week and preparing. <laughs> and, and, and you're, you're, you're just, it brings the nasty out in you. Yeah. You know, you get into a couple conflicts with your teammates. You tell your teammates, hey, listen, I'm playing Randy White. He's going to, he's going to try to head slap me. He's going to try to uppercut. You know, I want you to emulate that when we're working in some of those certain situations. And so, um, you're already your edge is already grinding on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. It's building. Now remember, we were padified. We were in pads from Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. You know, so uh, you by the time you got to walk the zone from the end of Friday to 
uh, through Saturday, you were pretty much uh, in such a bad mood um, and nasty disposition. You're ready to go. Come 1 o'clock on Sunday or 9 o'clock, what have you, you are just already, that edge is like finely ground, and you are ready to go like a kerosene and a match. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's well said. I think particularly right against an opponent like the Cleveland Browns in a game like this, AFC North in January, that's that's the type of game you want. That's the type of game you expect. Right. It's 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 going to be a, a knockdown, drag out, not for the faint of heart. I think, uh, you know, a lot of those – as boom cliches apply uh, in a game like this, and and yeah, it's that that to me is you know it has to be an onus this week a- against the Browns again, a-, a team that you're familiar with. They haven't had a ton of turnover the last two years. It's it's a lot of the same coaching staff, a lot of the same faces. You know how they're going to try and beat you, right? Um, they want to stop the run, they want to run the football, and then they want to use that and be able to get after Ben Roethlisberger with some of their talented pass rushers. But it is always you know it's, it's one thing to know what's coming. It's another to be able to go out there and, and execute. Unquestionably so. You know, you start off earlier in the week when they give a little personal scouting report of each guy you go down the line, all right? Keith Butler gets up there, and he gives you his uh, take on so-and-so, so-and-so. You get to Nick Chubb. You know, Mike's already used words, tough tackle, awesome. Yep. All these yep. these words that, that hi- highlight in your mind on what you're going to be facing. So then you start to prepare with that edge. The edge setters better prepare with an edge. The gap fitters better make sure that they're fitting their gaps. The guys, uh, the the Minkas, all right? Yeah. Minkas, 26 tackles or so in the last couple Unbel- of weeks, unbelievable. right? Unbelievable. Unfortunately so. I mean, that's not right. what you want from, right. your, from your high and, single safety. And way too many times, Wolf, I'm, I'm sure you've seen this from your great vantage point too. Like, it is staggering the amount of times that Minka is the only guy around the football. Scarily. It, it, it's, yeah. it's alarming. It's staggering. It is. And and these things need to be rectified, and they can be rectified. They showed it when they held the, the, the Browns when they're going a buck 70 a game yep. Yep. in week number eight, and then they held them to, you know, under 100 yards rushing. It mm-hmm. can be done. Now, they're missing so many. You know, the problem is this is, sometimes that defense, it feels like an old lion. You know, and, and, and yet it's not old, but you're missing a lot of teeth. Sure. You know what I mean? And we've we've talked about the, the teeth that have been missing. Um, but there's some people that are stepping up. I saw the the Loudermilk. I loved what I saw from he's that really kid. He's really been playing well. You know, I, this kid's got some, you know, he's got some seasoning. He's got to get done. He's got to get in the off season. He's got to do some massive squatations, you know, with a bar and manhole covers sure, sure. on there and go up and down for a number of reps and build up them hindquarters. But this kid's got a lockout. He's got a little bit of a nasty edge to him. He plays hard. I've been impressed by his play. Even when he gets taken off the ball, the guy is battling his, his brains out, out there. Um, I like what I've seen thus far, and he's going to learn from the likes of a Cam Hayward. You know, I mean, that's you could have no better an instructor Absolutely. lining up next to him. So uh, defensively speaking, you know, you got to have your downhill bangers, and, and one of the guys that we got is Robert Spillane. He talked about it. Cam has talked about this. You know, <clears throat> we can talk about sub-package football. We can talk about 3-4-4-3 three, four, four, three, stack over, stack over Q. You can talk about the Bear 46. But, you know, it comes down to can you get off the freaking block? Yep. All right, you stuff the guy in the hole, yep. and you either – it's it's very Yoda-like. You do or do not. There is no trying, okay? So you take a look at the tape, and you roll it. Okay, and you go. There is oh, no try. Exactly. He does not. He that was doesn't. a really bad Yoda impersonation, but you get it. Yeah, but his ears on you, you're wearing a great. 
Okay, I'm just kidding. I don't no, want I'm you to just, don't, don't throw I'm the tank on me. I'm just kidding. Listen, if there's anything I can take, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a good joke. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good example. You're right. You you last time out in week eight, there there was no try. They were able to have success against Nick Chubb. Uh I had it here. Uh sixty one yards on sixteen carries. There you go. You know, and, and that can happen again. Absolutely. You know, the the one thing and, and sure, the, right now you're sitting there saying How's that going to happen? Look what we've just been through. Well, you know, um, that's life in the football. It is. I mean, the, the big leagues of football. And that's, you know? you know, that's one thing, Wolf. There's been a lot of ups and downs. There's been some some good. There's been some bad in this Steelers season. I don't think we need to deny that. It's been a roller coaster at times. One thing, and it does still feel like in a lot of ways, we still have a lot of questions about this team, about some of the personnel. One thing I think that I know, though, is it, it feels like when they get punched in the mouth, when they get embarrassed, they've always responded well the next week. You know, they they go to Cincinnati and they lose by what was thirty eight points. They lost. That just got completely right. blown out in, in in Cincinnati to a division rival. And they come back the next week and they play one of their best games of the year and they beat the Ravens at home. You know, they go out last week and they they get blown out by the Chiefs. You know, in a game that that was not much of a game. I expect them to, to continue to repeat that process. It is, as you mentioned, it might be an old lion who's missing some teeth, but there's still a lot of pride there with that lion. Ooh. You see what I did there? I, oh, nice. You see nice. what I did there? And and it's it's I think that proverbial we've seen this with the Steelers a couple times this season that wounded animal backed into a corner is quite often when they have have given their best performance. You know, they have not gone quietly into the night as as you might like to say. They have raged. Against the dying light, and I think they've got another opportunity. Who was that? that was Dylan. Uh, who was that guy? That's it. Bob Dylan? No, it wasn't Bob Dylan. <laughs> it was it was a, it was an Irish poet or something like that. I probably got that all <laughs> all backwards. Here, I'll find it. Yeah. Hey, regardless, but, but they, I, I expect them to respond. They are I a prideful too. group with with Hall of Famers, with All Pros, with with a lot of guys who have had a lot of success in this league, along with a lot of young guys too. But I. I think one thing that I know about this team is is when they get back into a corner, when they get maybe embarrassed, you know, if you want to use that for the, the Bengals game or the Chiefs game, they, they've they responded well the next week. You know, the funny thing about it is you're speaking the truth from uh, from the lips of Chaluch himself. You know, I mean, Tunch always used to talk about the fact that this, this organization – was at its best when its back was against the wall. Yeah. This this the whole Steelers franchise almost seemingly was built with a chip on its shoulder. You know what I mean? And that's how the guys operated yes. best. Yes. When everybody's pointing at you saying you can't do it, that's when they're at their fiercest. Uh this I, I agree with you. I think we do best when 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 our backs are up against the wall, when there's a chip on your yeah. shoulder, when you've got that edge to you that says, uh, "No, I will not be denied." You know, I'm going to get this done, and you—that's hopefully when some of the things are coming together. Because think about it, it's not just the Browns, which is more than enough. Sure. Okay, the Browns in and of themselves, and the chance and an opportunity to extend your season. These are all big, but think about it. This could be their last ride of seven on Monday Night Football. The last probably, ride of seven. We probably all think more and than I, likely. Yeah, yeah you know, last and, home game. And I'll say this: I was in the huddle in the lineup with uh, Terry Bradshaw in his last game with the Jets against the Jets, and I'll never forget thinking, "I don't, I, I'm not going to be the guy that lets him down." You know, mm-hmm. I, I do not want to let him down. Mm-hmm. I want to be. And you just spent that whole week. Matter of fact, um, the whole week long because Terry had uh, like a, a tissue paper tendon holding his elbow sure, together. Sure, sure. You know, the whole week long, it was all about don't let anybody hit Terry. And I took that seriously. Even point on a twist, when I was I, I was in trouble, 
I tackled the dude. I I followed him in so many ways. Take I the flag. Think, yeah. Oh, not just that flag. It should have been like five flags, right? I mean, that they should have got you for holding, for blocking the back, unsportsmanlike contact. Yeah. I mean, uh, face mask, uh, rear naked choke. You know, in the back of the head, suplex. Yeah, it was all of them. You know, just what are you gonna do? Yeah, that's it. I'm, guilty as charged. But you know what? He didn't touch Bradshaw. He didn't touch Bradshaw. Yeah, that elbow stayed intact, at least for well, and a few a more plays. Yeah. A few more plays. <laughs> yeah. But we got him into the what? The first first half, I think he, he made as far as and he threw a couple touchdown passes and we beat the Jets. And it was his last ride. And I just remember the blonde bomber, you know, just bowing out of the game. And you know, it's a significant moment right now. I, this is a significant moment for Ben. Yes. And yes. Uh, people want to say. Forget him and the game, and I understand. I understand that it's all. It's the bigger picture is about the playoffs. The bigger picture sure, sure. is 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 the team, but there's still there's not many guys you see like seven riding oh, out there. No, the first ballot Hall of Famers. Yeah, eighteen years with one organization, never had a losing season. Uh, three trips to the Super Bowl, two rings on his finger. You know, this is something that that Wolf uh, that, that Wolf and I that, that Moats and I talked about on Monday. You know, it it is. It, the standard is the standard in Pittsburgh. Right. It's, it's division titles, it's playoff wins, it's AFC championships, it's Super Bowls. That's how we judge it's the season. It's winning is, Super is Bowls. It's winning Super Bowls. It's yeah. climbing that ladder. Yeah. You know, we. I don't think any of us were, were seeking comfort in the, oh, we had a great season last year, even though the team won 12 games and won the division. Because, right. you, because you were one and done in the playoffs, and, and that's the standard. I also think, though, when, when you, if you can just – Go a little bit bigger picture, maybe. Or sorry, other way. If you can maybe zoom in a little bit tighter. And now we're going bigger. Or are we going sorry, smaller. So we're, we're zooming in. We're zooming are we in doing here. The right? We're tight. We're tight. Are we pulling? We're, we're, we're tight. Not bird's eye. Not the Goodyear blimp. All right. The the up close 4K cameras that they put right in your face. I'm an old face offensive lineman. That I look need really specifics. There's still even if this season doesn't end in you know in the seventh Lombardi in another division title in playoff victories. I think you could still look back at the at the after these two weeks and say, you know what, we sent seven out the right way. We won the last home game against the Browns. He swept Cleveland in his last year here in Pittsburgh. We went to uh, Baltimore, where Ben's season or where Ben's career began when Tommy Maddox got injured at M&T Bank Stadium. Oh yeah, and we beat the Ravens. A little Judda position, and we swept Baltimore too because you got a chance if you beat the Browns and the Ravens here, you sweep both of those teams in Ben's last season. Again, Wolf, it's not a Super Bowl. It's not the seventh Lombardi. But I do think in that scope, there's still a way to feel good about these last two weeks in the, again, the tighter picture when you're talking about Ben and sending him out the right way and, and everything that he's meant to the franchise. Unquestionably so. That was a great boy. That is really, from my old film class in high school, I think it was juxtaposition, a little Jetta. You like that? I can't remember that. But, I like you know, to try and use fancy yeah, words here. That, you was, know? that was like, uh, that was pretty cool. All right, yeah. I mean, how ironic that in the same stadium that you know That's where it started, where it started, uh, because he came in for Tommy Maddox when Tommy got his arm blown out. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you, and you're there, and you're like going, "Wow!" Matter of fact, I remember that game so much because it was very sunny in Baltimore. It was and early I, in the season, right? Yeah. It was like week three or week four. Yeah. yeah, I got, I got like, I didn't put sunscreen on. I tan like a oh, tomato. You know what? Yeah, I mean, I, I tan like a tomato. It's bad, and the stands <laughs> are reflective there. There's like uh, this bright color or yeah, whatever yeah and when i got home tunch and i were doing fox uh, tv that night right so <laughs> they come i come in and i'm i look like a tomato i mean i am like bright red and my my head and everything else is is hurting my face because i forgot you know the whole thing about it so 
got people, people like, can we apply a mask? No, we're not putting any makeup on. I'm not, no. I don't do that. I do not do nope. that. Okay. No, nope. exactly. So then we go on the show and somebody, some people called and they're like going, is he okay? <laughs> Yeah, we're concerned about. No, I don't want to go on the air and ask a question. I'm just concerned about Wolf. Is he all right? Is he all right, man? Because I'm wearing like sunglasses at home. His his face is like so bright. His his face is the same hue as the Kansas City Chiefs color. Is Wolf okay? We got to get to a break. We're going to have more fun in the next hour because our buddy Jim Wexel is going to join us to start things off. Uh, CR1, Tim, hang on the line for us as well, too. We'll get to some of your reaction in the second hour. Having some fun as always. He's Craig Wolfley. I'm Wesley Euler. Jim Wexel up next in the locker room on ESPN Pittsburgh and SN. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards.